Welcome to Rancho Baptist Church. This message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. Pastor Jason Swanson is our senior pastor here at RBC, and this message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning services. Well, today, as is appropriate for the day, Pastor Jason is focusing on Thanksgiving as we celebrate giving thanks together as a body of Rancho Baptist Church. Today, he's looking at Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, in a challenge to us to bless the Lord with all that is within us and not forget any of his benefits. Let's join Jason now in his message. Well, good morning. I am Pastor Jason, the, the senior pastor, and I, and I have the privilege of bringing God's Word Sunday after Sunday to, to you all here at Rancho Baptist Church. If you are visiting us for the first time this morning, thank you. We appreciate you, your visiting us and, and, and blessing us with an opportunity to spend some, some time with you this morning. I am actually going to do something different. We have been walking through the book of Acts. And I really felt like the last couple of weeks, actually the last month, that I wanted to step away from the book of Acts as we approached this Thanksgiving holiday season. Because to be completely honest, I, I feel like I've just been thrown into a mighty raging river with everything just going 500 miles an hour forward, and since Halloween came, it's like everybody just put it into high gear, and everybody's running forward, just thinking through, okay, we got to get to Christmas. Wait, what, what happened? What happened to Thanksgiving? And I, I don't know, maybe it's, it's because we spent all these years in Papua New Guinea, and, and, and we were away from all of that, that, that it's just been so telling to me this year. But I thought, okay, you, you know what? I, I think really what needs to happen, at least in my own heart, my own life, is, is I need to pull the car over. And I need to put it into park. And I need to stop. And, and, I, and I need to remember what God has done and, and, and really what this Thanksgiving time is all about, what this Thanksgiving season is, what this Thanksgiving holiday is. You know, there were many things in Papua New Guinea that, that made it difficult for us when, when, it, when it came to this time of year, right? Because we were alone. We didn't have our families to, to celebrate Thanksgiving with and, and Christmas and, and, and all the holidays and, and turkey and, and, and everything else. Well, there might have been a turkey that you could buy, but it cost $50 just for the turkey. And then we're talking another $50 to fly it into our, to our tribe. So, so like we're going to spend $100 on a turkey. No. And, and even though in, in, in Papua New Guinea, it, it, it might have been a temptation for, for us to grumble over the things that we didn't have, I, I think here the temptation is, is to put it into high gear and to just go forward and be so busy that you forget all the blessings that the Lord has given us, right? And so, so what I'd like to start with is actually just kind of taking us back to the beginning, taking us back to Thanksgiving and, 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 and where this day, day came from, originated from. And it goes back to 1621 and the celebration that happened at Plymouth Plantation. And we know the story of the pilgrims coming over in the Mayflower and all that ensues. But do we recognize truly what was going on? And what happened is they get to America and nothing is going well. They started off with a hundred before they knew it. They're down to fifty, and, and and who knows what they were all thinking if they were actually going to make it, right? 
No doubt they were all thinking they were probably going to die because that is what was happening all around them. That's what was happening to, to friends and family. But then the Lord in His goodness, what did He do? He, he brings them the Indians. And they learn how to, how to hunt and, and how to garden. And then after they, they make it through that, 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 that winter and they have what to be thankful for? They have the harvest that is actually a harvest. And, and what do they do? They stop and they have the, like this three-day celebration. And the celebration was no doubt a thanksgiving to God. Because we have to recognize that, that these guys were religious, right? That, that was one of the whole reasons why they were coming to the new world. And yet at times, what do we do? I think sometimes we forget about God when it comes to Thanksgiving. And we just put it into fifth gear and we just cruise ahead. And we, and we celebrate the Thanksgiving. We celebrate family. And, and, and we miss the thing that we should be the most thankful for. Jesus Christ. And, and you know what? I didn't even know this, but do you know that in, in, in 1789, President George Washington declared November 26th a national day of two things, of thanksgiving and prayer. What's implied there? Thanksgiving towards God and prayer towards God. And yet, what do we do? We... We forget him. I, I think as I kept thinking about Thanksgiving, I, I kept being reminded of of this disease that, that you don't hear about too much, but I, I've seen it in some television shows and every once in a while I'll hear a story about it. And that disease, that sickness is called amnesia. And when I say that, we're all familiar with amnesia. You go, oh yes, that's forgetfulness, where, where we forget something. Or whoever that person that has amnesia, they might just have it temporarily. And, and, and they might forget what? Their name. They might forget their family. In some cases, and, 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 I, and I've read numerous different little scenarios where, where, where somebody goes and, and they have some sort of head trauma. And as a result of head trauma, it could be that they went to war. And, and as they encounter this head trauma, they forget everything. They forget who they are. They can't even remember their own name. They can't even remember their own parents or their own children. And I believe that even though this physical malady of, of amnesia is not something that's prevalent, that if I were to ask how many in this room have had amnesia, most likely uh, there's not going to be many people that are going to raise their hand. But something that we do see quite often is spiritual amnesia. And what I mean by that is the fact that we forget what God has done. So, so turn with me to Psalm. To the wonderful book of Psalms. And we're going to look at, at Psalm 103 today. And we're, and we're just going to look at five verses. And my hope and my prayer is that, that as we look at these, that, that this will pave the way for us to launch off in, into the season that the Lord has set before us. That we would truly be mindful of Him and the blessings that He gives us continually. And the thing that, that, that we should definitely, if there's nothing else we can be thankful for, we can be thankful for salvation. Amen. And that's what we, we're going to see even penned by, by David here. 
So follow along with me as, as I read out loud. Psalm 103, verses 1-5. to Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just stop and we thank You for Your wonderful, all-sufficient, inerrant, inspired, powerful Word and how it reminds us of Your goodness to us, of Your blessings to us, Lord, and the salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray now that You would write Your Word upon our hearts, that we would leave here today truly thankful for what You have done for us, and that we would take that thanksgiving back to our homes with us throughout the next couple weeks as we spend time with loved ones and friends. For it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I think it's good for us to understand, since I'm just jumping into to the book of Psalms here, why Psalms were written. You, you no doubt have recognized that lots of Psalms have been put into songs. And worship songs that we sing. And, and the reason is because the purpose for writing the, the book of songs and compiling them is, is the fact that it's supposed to be a, a motivation to all the readers that they would then worship God on the basis of all the wonderful acts of God and, and God's wonderful attributes that are displayed throughout the book of Psalms. That as glimpses of God's wondrous acts and God's wonderful perfections are understood that that would then motivate the reader to worship God, to praise God, to bless God, which is what we're going to see today. And there's, there's, there's different genres of psalms. We, we have imprecatory, we have lament psalms, we have royal psalms, we have wisdom psalms, we have enthronement psalms, and then finally we, we have what we're going to look at today, a psalm of thanksgiving. A psalm that reminds us of what we are to be thankful for. And it's interesting here that, it, that if we were continue, to continue on throughout Psalm 103, we would see that the word all is found nine times. And I believe that's because it's calling for a, a total commitment to God and a total recognition of understanding how great He is so that we would bless Him with all that we have and all that we are. And yet, at the same time, we have to recognize that that the nation of Israel was was admonished time and time again not to forget what the Lord had done for them. In fact, in, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses admonishes the nation of Israel at least 14 times to remember the Lord. And then on the negative side, not to forget Him nine times. And that's what we're going to see here. So let's unpack these verses one at a time. Starting with 1 and 2, which really kind of gives us the the foundation of where he's going to go. He's, He's going to go and he's going to give us six blessings that the Lord gives us. Six things that we should rejoice over. 
If, if you have nothing else to be thankful for this morning, you can, you can lay claim to these. You can rejoice that, that, that what this man, King David, wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the powering of the Holy Spirit to remind us of things that, yes, man, just look at God's blessing to us. Starting with this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Notice the bookends there of, of, uh, of the verb that he starts with. Bless, bless the Lord. He starts off verse 1 with that. And then he ends verse 1 with that. Bless His holy name. And then we're going to see in, in verse 2, he starts it again. Obviously, he's trying to get across this idea that we are to what? We are to bless the Lord. It's a command. He's not giving us an option. This is something that we have to do. That we are called to do. And, and what does bless mean? It, it means to speak words of excellence of an object or of a person, of our God. To speak of His excellencies. And generally when we see it, it's, it's used in the context of worship. That we are to ascribe God all that He is worth. And is there anyone more worthy of our praise, adoration, and thanksgiving than the Lord God Almighty? who made Himself known to us long before we were looking after Him. Searching Him. In fact, Scripture says the complete opposite, right? That while we were enemies, Christ died for us. That nobody seeks after God. Actually, they, they, we have our fists in His face and we want to go the other way. And, and notice what, what David's saying here. That he doesn't just want to bless the Lord a little bit with who He is. With, with, the, with his soul and with all that is within him. He's not talking about, oh, I want my rib to bless God. <laughs> oh, I, I want my liver to bless God. This may sound strange, but in Papua New Guinea, they actually refer to the liver almost like the heart as, as part of your emotions. That, he, he's not talking about the organs. He's talking about himself, his whole being. That, that not only his physical body, but all that he is. He wants to bless the Lord. He wants to extol praises to the Lord. In a, in a what? In an attitude of thanksgiving. And it's no doubt as, as he talks about his holy name that he's recognizing the perfections of God. The wonder of God. And, and as he stops and he thinks about how holy God is, how majestic God is, how wonderful God is, what does it do? It leads him to thanksgiving. And then he goes on in, in verse 2 and he says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Literally, this is saying, keep not forgetting his benefits. It's a continuous action. It's something that we're supposed to do. In order to do that, we need to be reminding ourselves of what God has done. I think you could look at this as almost rehearsing the gospel, rehearsing what God has done in our minds so that we keep it at the forefront of our minds. Why? Because the implication is that we don't always remember. That at times we do forget what the Lord has done. And what we do is we take our focus off of the Lord and all of the good things that He has done and we put our focus on our circumstances and on the hard times that we're going through. And so what does David do here? He gives us these, these six gems these, these six blessings that the Lord has revealed to David that brings him to the place to where 
Man, this is why he wants to bless the Lord. Because he recognizes these things. He, he recognizes the forgiveness that has been given to him. The healing that has been given to him. The redemption that has been given to him. The loving kindness that's been given to him. The satisfaction and the renewal. And that's what we're going to see. Each one of these things. And it's interesting where he starts, is it not? Of all the places that he could start, he could have started with God's love. But look at verse 3. Who pardons all your iniquities. That word pardons is, is to forgive. To release or to remove guilt that's associated with, with some moral sin or a wrongdoing. Guilt is wickedness, sin. It's a focus of being liable for something that you did wrong. A punishment that you should receive because of a judicial sentence. A.K.A. you're on the freeway speeding and a cop pulls you over. You deserve to be pulled over. But in this, David is rejoicing over the fact, you know what? God has forgiven me of my sins. Not, not just the sins of the past, but the sins of the present and the sins of the future. That they've all been forgiven. And is that not a great thing to be thankful for? And is that not the first thing that we should be thankful for and thinking about? That God has taken us from this to that. That He has forgiven us of our sins. And then He, and then He goes on. In verse 3, B. Who heals all your diseases. That's, to heal is to cause or to promote a restoration of health. Diseases is just what it says. It's sickness or something, some horrible malady. And no doubt there's an aspect to where we could say, man, God has been good and, and, and healed us on, on, on many aspects of our physical well-being. But what is the greatest disease of mankind? Sin. doesn't matter where you go. We don't have malaria in America like, like we did in Papua New Guinea. But the wicked sinfulness of man's heart, it's everywhere you go. Why? Because that is the main disease of man. And, and, and that is what, spiritually speaking, salvation gives us. Gives us the salvation healing that allows the disease of sin to be dealt with. But not only does God forgive us, not only does He heal us, but, but look at verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit. To redeem is to deliver, to save to remove an object from a dangerous situation. And, and, and you can tell how, how expressive this is. Re, redeems your life from the pit. It's the idea of a, God rescuing someone who's about to fall into a pit. The, the pit there is just what, 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 what you would think of. It's a man-made hole with steep sides for capturing an animal. And in Hebrew, it actually has the connotation of Sheol talking about hell. That, that there is salvation in the aspect of this. That, that we were in the pit of hell. And just as we we're about to drop in and go there forever, what happens? God comes and He rescues us. In our village in, in, in Papua New Guinea, they didn't make pits in order to trap animals. They had a different way of doing it. And they'd knock down this tree and they'd rip off the bark and then they'd open the, the middle part of that tree and it would make this gr crazy smell that would just go everywhere that would attract wild boars. 
And so then what they do is they basically build kind of a perimeter around that thing. And they put a wall on the back with more logs and then a wall over here on the front with that log right in the, in the middle section of it. And then they'd build this thing that they called a blind. And it was almost like they would, like you'd build a wall in your house. And they'd have four or five posts going straight up. And then they'd weave this jungle vine in between those. And then they'd open up little holes. And it was basically like a, a, a creep hole where they could come up and then they could just spear the pig when it had come up there and was eating. And that's what they'd do. They, they'd crawl up to this pig blind as the pig was eating. And they'd sneak up there and they'd get this harpoon-like thing made out of a great big piece of bamboo. And, and they used to use like a, a femur from, a, from a, um, a cassowary bird that they would grind out and make really sharp. Most recently, they have like a machete and they'd cut it all up and they'd turn it into a, a great big spear. And they'd creep up and then this pig was basically had nowhere to hide and, and they'd stab the pig. You know, when they got saved, you know what they said? They said it was like we were in Satan's pig blind in his trap and he was going to pin us. We were going to spend forever in hell. But you know what? We heard what Jesus did and we believed in him. It, that's the same idea. It's, it's, it's this idea that, 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 that God redeemed our lives from the pit. And is that not something to be oh so thankful about? Not, not only the fact that we've been forgiven, not only the fact that we've been healed, but that He has redeemed us. And it isn't just that He redeems us, He actually exalts us as royalty. Look at, look at verse, the second half of verse 4. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Again, isn't it exciting to see that the way that, that God's Word pens things doesn't just say, oh, He loves you with loving kindness. He crowns you. It's, it's, it's the idea of placing a high status on a person through the crowning process. The idea of royalty is what you do with kings. Do any of us deserve to be treated as kings? No. This is God's grace. Actually, this is God's loving kindness and His compassion. Loving kindness is, is the Hebrew word hesed. It's this deep word that, that describes God's covenantal love and His faithfulness. And, and as you look at the, the scope of history with the nation of Israel, you know what you see time and time and time again is God's loving faithfulness towards His people. Even though you see that they are not faithful with Him, that they are not always loving towards Him, but He always is with them. Compassion, mercy, receiving favor rather than judgment and punishment. Is that not something else that we should truly be thankful for? And I'm sorry, I was supposed to be going through all of these. <laughs> you know. So, um, forgiveness. <laughs> oh, and uh, it's not working. Oh, <laughs> Okay, healing. You've already filled them all in. <laughs> Love. And then look at this one. Who, who does what? Look at verse 5. Who satisfies your years with good things. Satisfaction. Literally, it's satisfying you with good things. 
Some translations put years. Some translation put satisfies your mouth, satisfies your desires. Um, all of those words aren't, aren't in the Hebrew. Literally in the Hebrew, that word isn't there. It says satisfying you with good things. And, and, and the good things there is a really interesting word. It, it literally means an ornament. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry. It's the idea that God knows exactly what you and I need and He satisfies us with that. And is there anyone that knows us better than our Creator? Is this not what everybody desires? Fulfillment. To be content or to be satisfied with their life. And that is what God gives us as we are restored into a right relationship with Him through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, and, and we need to recognize, where else could you find the satisfaction? You know, there, there's people searching for it everywhere. They, they try drugs, they try money, they try all sorts of things. But, but you're never going to find it outside of Christ. And so that is something else that, man, we have so much cause to be thankful for. Not only the fact that God has forgiven us, that God has healed us of, of this terrible disease of our sinfulness, but that He has redeemed us, that He loves us, and that He has satisfied us like no one else can. And then look at verse 6. or Sorry, verse 5, the end of verse 5. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The final aspect that David captures here is, is renewal. Renewal is to, to restore or to, to place in a, in a state or a condition that, that someone was in before. Giving you back some of your life, so to speak. And, and commentators are, are divided on it, exactly what the idea of renewing like an eagle means. Some would say that, that the idea is, is that, that even though an eagle gets to be quite old, 40 or 50 years old, that they then molt their, their feathers. And as they molt their, their feathers and new feathers come, they, they're given kind of a new lease on life and, and they can fly much like they did when they were a young eagle. Others actually add to this and say, oh, it's not just, it's just, not just the feathers that are redone, but they actually, as their beak grows, and I guess the beak continues to grow and never stops growing, that it curves so much that it becomes really difficult for an eagle to use it to eat. And so then what, what they do then is they, they smash it on a, on a hard rock. And they keep smashing it till it breaks off and gets back to the point to where it's smaller and now it's useful again. No doubt, you can look on the internet and you'll find all sorts of people that dispute that. <laughs> I don't know exactly what the significance is. I, I'm not, I didn't do my PhD on eagle study. <laughs> but the reality is, is what God is communicating through the, the pen of David here is that the Lord strengthens us. Strengthens us to the, to the point to where we can soar above the worries and the cares and the concerns of, of this world. Even as we grow and and age and get older and older. Isn't that something to oh, be so excited about? 
that not only does the grave have nothing on us, but getting old has nothing on us. Why? Because God can strengthen us. He can strengthen our faith. He can continue to grow us up stronger and stronger in Him. And He can renew us. He can restore us by His wonderful grace. So I believe what what God is communicating to us here through David. And remember, this is long before Christ came. Pointing forward and now we get to look back. Again, as a rehearsal of the gospel. Something that we should be thankful for as we walk into this season with our eyes wide open is the fact that we remember all that we have in Christ. That we have been forgiven. That forgiveness is found only in Him. That that the healing from, from this plague body of sin can only be found in Him. That redemption only comes through Him. That He has redeemed us right from the pit. Right at the time where we were going to drop in. That He saved us. That His loving kindness is ever upon us. His faithful loving kindness. His compassion. The fact that He satisfies us with the things that we need with the good things. And and then finally, this idea of, of renewing us, giving us strength and restoring us to, to a place where we can keep going on and we can keep trusting Him. And actually, we can grow and grow and grow in our faith and walk more and more closely with Him. And again, I, I believe this this all points forward to, to Christ and what he has accomplished for us. And that David, he was, in a sense, looking forward, as we've seen in the book of Acts. And, and we look back. And as far as myself goes, I just really felt like I needed some time to think about these things and be reminded of all the things that the Lord has given me for me to be thankful. On top of family, on top of the turkey or the ham and, and, and everything else. And what a wonderful, neat opportunity this time of year to, to gather as families, to gather as friends and to remind one another of these things. To remind one another, man, you know, it is so great to be here in this country and the freedom that we have and the wealth that we have, but oh, so much more as believers. We have that much more to be thankful for. So let's rejoice in that. Well, I was just about to give up. (laughs) So consider this week how great and perfect God is in all that He does. Consider Him and His majesty as we walk up to Thanksgiving Day and allow these things to bring you to a point of Thanksgiving. Secondly, consider this week all the blessings mentioned in Psalm 103, which God has given to His children. And purpose in your heart to not forget these things this week as the Thanksgiving holiday is celebrated. We're going to go ahead and we're going to sing some more songs and and hopefully this has prepared all of our hearts 
to, to raise our voices in thanksgiving to one another and to the Lord. So let me pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be called your, your sons and your daughters for the salvation that we have in you and in no other, Lord. We pray that now we would continue to, to give you thanks. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. And here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. Have a great day in the Lord, and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.